1: you
2: What's up, King Fans? We've made it. Rock bottom. We're here. Horrific loss, awful, terrible, everything you can sum up. Man, you thought that Kobitar ceremony was going to ignite some energy into this team? It did for 20 minutes. And they just forgot how to play. Forgot their system, forgot their structure. Drew Dowdy's calling out players in the locker room. Man, remember all that fun we were having at the beginning of the year? It's all gone. All gone. This team is totally fractured. Man, even Tom even even thinks his job's at risk. I don't blame him. Should be. I'd say it's time for a change. This team clearly isn't adhering to leadership. Messages are getting across. They're not playing as a team. They don't look like a team. They don't act like a team. Man, this is I mean, this is probably the lowest I've felt as a Kings fan. I mean, even just being around the team since I started reporting, I I can remember <laughs> even during the bad years when you, I mean this team wasn't they were, they knew they were going to be a bad team. I don't know. Um, you get a three one lead and you lose a two goal that two goal lead again and it's just poor management, just awful, awful management. How many? I mean, how many odd man rushes did they even give up after that lead? It felt like they just got the lead and they just thought they could coast. I didn't see them get into that structure, that one three one. I mean, what, what did we hear from Rob Blake the other day? That defense is going to win this, win games for this team. You give up three goals to the Sharks. You give up five goals to Buffalo. Another game where you only get two five on five goals. This team is, is it's broken. They're broken, broken. <laughs> uh, I've, I'm actually at a loss for words about how how bad. I mean, I'm sitting there waiting, and like it, it was weird. Like after the first like stretch where Buffalo kind of turned it on, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, "Oh, here we go again." They haven't given you any confidence, thinking that they'd be able to turn it around, turn it around, or pull out a game like this. Locker room, man. I mean, I, I yeah, I, it's it's like the first good game you get from Kopitar in a long time. His energy was good. He was involved all day. Quinn Byfield just continues to play his game, but just stupid, stupid mistakes. Like, what is getting in your head? You guys have two wins in your last 14 games. Play with some desperation. Get together as a team. You guys are professionals. You're getting paid to play as a team. Fans are coming out and feel, this arena was packed. It's a Thursday night game. I get there as a ceremony for Kobotar, and you want to you have fans in the building that appreciate their captain. The arena's packed. It's been packed. Fans are coming out. They're spending their money. They're spending the gas money to drive out here. It's not cheap. Below five hundred at home. Nothing to cheer about. You get the three-one lead and just coast for the rest of the game. And it sucks because I know there are good there are players on this team who are playing playing up to speed. They're, they are giving it. their all on the ice. I appreciate and this is the first time like Drew Daddy had to say it. It's about time. We needed to hear that. There are players in the locker room playing for themselves, not playing for the team. We've reached rock bottom. This is we're here, and to be honest with you, you got you're you're going to Colorado on Friday. I don't see them coming out of that. The way Colorado's playing, the way Nathan McKinnon's MVP caliber is playing right now. It's, they do. The Kings do not look like a playoff team. This does not look anything close to a playoff team, let alone a Stanley Cup contender. All that talk about Stanley Cup contender, I got lost in it. I was lost in the sauce. 11 straight wins on the road. Vibes were at an all-time high. We're breaking records, scoring goals at will. Drew Dowdy saying, oh, it just feels like we can score whenever we want. Offense, Offense is just completely shot. Defense just totally fell apart tonight, just – Bad game management, play like play after play after play. That that line change on that third goal was just awful. Just what are you thinking at that point if you're on the ice? You call a play to, and a lot of people want to point the point the second. uh, I believe it's the second goal on Alex LaFerrier that turnover with the blue line. That's not on him. And Tom McClan said so is best. Why are you calling a play to have a righty? Take a puck at the blue line that high. He's done. He's cooked. He's he's got the puck on his backhand with the fork checker right on him. He's got nothing to do but try to swat that puck into the zone. He gets caught. Whoever called that play, that's – McClellan said it best. That's just stupidity. Stupidity. Mindless. Not getting your head in the game. Man, after the Sharks game, I was numb. I was just numb to the fact that, oh, pity point. Whatever. But now now it's just anger. Frustration's not enough. It's just you gotta be angry now if you're if you're a Kings player. Or if you're even a Kings fan. Kings fans are angry. If you're on the team, you gotta be angry. If you're a coach, you gotta be angry. Team has totally lost its way. Oh, let's go to you guys. I'm done. Uh Royalty Reigns. I'm going I'm going to try to get to as many of you guys as possible, so Hello, if I apologize if I cut you guys off. Yeah, what's up, man? Hello? Yeah, you there? Looks like you're kind of I'm going I'm going to get back to you Royalty Reigns. Seems like you're kind of figuring it out. I'm going to go to uh Nick LA at LA Kings Nick. What's
3: up, Nick? Hey, Russ. How you doing, buddy? Oh, man.
2: I'm, I'm, we're going through it, man. We're going through it. I get
3: it. it. And you know what? I I think, I think personally, if, if I coached against this team, I could hold them to two goals. They are <laughs> so easy to defend against. I don't know if I can remember a team ever living on the perimeter more than this team. It is yeah. unbelievable. It's, I, like, you take a look at some of the top-notch playmakers in this league. You've got McDavid, Dreisaitl, uh, Kucherov, McKinnon. When they attack the Ozone, they attack it down the middle. When every player minus one on this team attacks the Ozone, it's along the boards. And every time they do, they gain the zone, and they either stop, little five-foot drop pass, and then 85 feet across the ice, And then all of a sudden, the other team just collapses into the home plate. And now it's down low, up high, block shots, back down low, up high, block shots. It's the same shit every goddamn game. And I'm getting so sick of it. Now, the one player who actually attacks the Ozone down the middle is everybody's favorite PLD. He is the only one on this team (laughs) Who consistently takes the puck into the ozone down the middle of the ice? Now, Mm -hmm. if you had any smarts as a winger of his, you would go to the net. But every fucking player on this team just goes to the half wall and stops. There is no rush to the net ever, especially off of the rush. There's no play down low. And it is really starting to drive me up the wall. I think PLD gets hate. Because he's not producing, but like you, you, you get the zone down the middle. You've got three guys on you. You still have the puck. You look for a pass and your wingers are stopped behind you. Like, what are you supposed to do? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I saw it countless times today. PLD is just throwing the puck. I mean, tr- trying to make a pass right in front of the Buffalo net and there's just really nobody there. And you could just sense like, <laughs> Uh, if I were him, I'd be getting frustrated too. I mean, he's making plays. Like you said, he's taking pucks He's taking pucks to the middle. And he's not, he's not, a, um, I mean, I'm not going to say that he's been overwhelmingly good throughout the entire year. There's been times where you want to see more out of Pierre-Luc Dubois, but I mean, for the most part, you're right. I mean, you're seeing him take the puck up the middle, take the puck into the high danger chances. I mean, uh, Joe Paterino, he tracks all the, he tracks all those slot chances and, and he's one of the, the main guys that, at the top of that list. So, and, That's the thing is, uh, McClellan even, he he thought uh, PL Dubois had a good game today. So I I don't know who, I I don't want to speculate who Drew Dowdy's talking about. I don't think it's Dubois. Could be, I could be wrong. Uh, I think I I know. I I think think I know. I think we could all probably take a guess. It's maybe even Piala or Kempe. I think those are probably the two. Okay. I think
3: I'm going to say it, and I swear to God, this entire chat's going to fucking blow up. I think it's Trevor Moore. Interesting. Okay. So, watching watching the San Jose Shark game, and this one really fucking dropped. Like, I, I lost my mind on this one. There were two plays where, first, San Jose had the puck in the O zone. The puck came out of the zone. The San Jose Shark defenseman was standing two feet outside the blue line. He was the only player back. All four other Sharks were in the zone. Trevor Moore comes up the boards, and all he had to do was just lay a shoulder into this guy. Just lay a shoulder in, somebody else comes up, grabs the puck, and it's a 2 or 3 on 0. But what does he do? Just a soft little sweep of the puck to hopefully get, get a breakaway, and off he goes. But he misses. The guy's able to get the puck back into the zone. Everybody circles, and there's more sustained pressure by the Sharks. Second time was the Shark player was the only one in. He had the puck in his feet, and again, Trevor Moore, all he had to do, just lay a shoulder into this guy. But he does a soft little flyby, misses it. Guy's able to get out of the zone, come back in, sustain pressure. And again, and it happened again tonight. Just another soft Trevor Moore flyby. And actually, I think it was on the fourth goal, where just a sweep of the stick instead of taking a guy. Now, I'll give it to you that that one belongs to Fiala for a horrible giveaway, but yeah. still... Like Trevor Moore, you need to play, you need to play hard when you're in this kind of a slide. Fuck the goals, screw the assists, hit the guy, play hard, be hard to play against. And this Kings team is not hard to play against. They're very easy to play against. Nobody hits on this team except for byfield. So that's why I think Dowdy called Trevor Moore out. Interesting. Well, that's, that, that is That is
2: an outlandish take. I could, I could see some people in this chat are kind of blowing up from that. But, Nick, I appreciate you hopping on here. Like I said, I'm just going to get to as many people as I can. But, like always, man, thanks for hopping on here. I hope you have a good night, buddy.
3: Thanks, man. Take care.
2: Love it. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting one. That kind of caught me off guard. I, I mean, to be honest with you, if it's Trevor Moore, I would say it's everybody on the team. My guess would be that Dowdy's probably calling out either Fiala or Kempe. I thought Kempe was just kind of – I mean, he had a great goal and, and a nice shot, but then the rest of the game, he kind of just disappeared. Kevin Fiala, he, we see this from Kevin Fiala all season, right? You He gets to this point where just the confidence just gets too, too much for him, and he just thinks he can do whatever he wants with the puck on the ice, and it just leads to turnover on turnover uh, the other way, and I, we saw that a couple times today. Um, let's go to uh, Matt Jester. Matt Jester, what's up, buddy?
4: I got you. Good. How about you? Oh, man. We're going through it. So I've been thinking about this a lot over the past few weeks. i just really been racking my brain trying to figure out what's going on here. and I, It just seems like the culture shifted, man. I mean, like Fiala came here. He was good. Um, I think a lot of us detonated with the uh, the Velarde PLD trade. It just feels like these guys don't – they're not like a Lombardi-type guy, like leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they have gumption, like when, when their backs are against the wall, they, they find good teams find ways to win, bad teams find ways to lose, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think they need a clean house, honestly. I, I think you guys need to call Laiwiki back and get the whole thing going again, because this whole thing seems like the good old boys network to me. I just, I, I mean, you can blame Todd to an extent, but is it really his fault? I mean, these play I've never, like, I don't know how many years have gone by, but I've never heard... One of the core guys make a statement like Doughty did tonight, like ne- never. Yeah, that that was wild. Um, I mean, yeah, you're you're totally right with that. I mean, as much as everybody
2: wants to blame McClellan and my myself included, I get caught in that. Matt, I'm going to mute you real quick because it sounds like your mic's kind of going, but I'll unmute you to get you back in here. But, um, yeah, when when the team's kind of going through, everybody wants to blame McClellan, and I get caught, I get lost in that too. Which I think this team might it might need need a, a new voice at the top. But as much as we want to point the finger at McClellan, this is Rob Blake. This is all Rob Blake's fingerprints all over it. You may, you had a locker room like we talked about in the, on the game after the game against San Jose. You had a locker room that was pretty tight, right? You had Alex follow a guy that Anji Kopitar loved playing with, that was really close with a lot of players on the team. You had Sean Dersey, who was really close with Phil Deneau, who used to bring, bring coffee together coming to every game. Young player, that's exactly what you want to see, is you see a young player developing with a bet. That's great. And then you had, um, and, and even with Jersey, you had Jersey even getting with, with uh, Gabrikov doing yoga on the ice. It's heart and soul type players that you're seeing. And where's that heart and soul? Where's that heart and soul? It's gone. It's gone. And it's because Rob Blake has made trades and limited a lot. And the trades that he's made has limited the amount of movement and a lot of capability that he can make in terms of making these changes when the team's going through it because of the salary cap situation. So I mean, as much as we want to point it out, Tom McClellan, this is a lot to do with what Rob Blake has decided to do with this team. And, and unfortunately, when you go through this slide and you're not able to make those changes, make those trades, call up other players because the salary cap's up against it, it's, it's the general manager that we have to talk about. Oh, Matt, I think I removed you. Sorry. if Matt, I removed you. I'm sorry. If you want to speak again, go ahead and request. And I'll get you right back on here. Uh, but I'm going to go to the next person. Uh, let's go to... Like I said, I'm gonna try to call on as many people I haven't called on before. Uh, Carter scores. I might have called you before, but Carter, I, I love you, man. Let's, what, what do you got, buddy?
5: Uh, I'm. Tr- I really want to dunk on this team so hard, man. But uh, I, I really just want to talk about Brent Clark. I don't want to hear anybody okay. ever say that he needs to learn anything in the AHL anymore. Stop taking, stop taking him out of the lineup. He's an NHL defenseman, and the last two games has proven it. Regardless of how bad this team has played, and yeah, if he if he's our number one defenseman of the future, I'm really excited for him. and he, he he knows what he's doing out there, and there's no way he should ever come out of the lineup for the rest of the season. That is,
2: see that I, I love it. I love that you're calling out and being positive in here. We probably need that, but yeah, you're this kid is definitely not lacking any confidence, right? I mean, we saw him uh attempted at lacrosse goal maybe at a time that wasn't really needed but fuck it right, right. teams desperate for goals like why not at this point so it, it's good to see like I mean the thing that's so like that's terrible this this stretch has been awful for the entire team but I guess the the I guess one of the bright spots of this slide right now is you're seeing the young players step in and play pretty well I mean, Brent Clark has commented and made a little bit of an impact. But Quentin Byfield, I think, has been the MVP of this team these last during this entire slide. Just a guy that continues to be consistent. And, like, what does that mean for this team right now? When you have a player 21 years old, 21 years old, he's been called a bust for the last two years. And he's in the middle of his breakout. And, yeah, the entire team is going through right now. But Quentin Byfield is sticking to his game, bringing the energy every night. And, I mean, you have to be happy about that if you're a Kings fan, right?
5: Absolutely, yeah. Byfield and Clark, um, the future definitely looks good. But I'm am I'm in agree with agreement with a couple other people that said we need a clean house. Um you can blame Todd a lot, but at the end of the day, he's got the roster um that he that was put with him from Blake. You can only do so much for that. And being in cap jail cap jail and all that stuff, yeah. So it's pretty much all I wanna say. But yeah, thank you for having me on, man.
2: Yeah, appreciate you hopping on here, buddy. Um Let's keep it rolling. Let's go to uh, Luke Stubbs. Luke, what's up, man?
6: Yo, what's how's up? it going?
2: Oh, it's going, <laughs>
6: it's going. <laughs> I I had some thoughts. Maybe we. I mean, after hearing from Todd today on, on the press conference, I I think it was it was good to hear. You know, he took accountability. Um, yeah. I I wonder if we cleaned house and some of the assistant coaches, you know, started from there. Um, maybe make a small little splash, get the guys going a little bit. But um, I don't know. Clark looked good, like like uh, like some guys are saying. But I think I think uh, Todd might be the guy, but I think we got to make a little change here and there.
2: That's the thing that sucks, right, is, like, I mean, if you're a coach, like, what other buttons can you push? And I, I've questioned a lot of his lineup changes. I mean, for some godforsaken reason, they want to continue taking Jordan Spence out of the lineup when he's probably been one of the more consistent young players on this team throughout the entire year. I guess Byfield included as well. For sure. But, yeah, but when you're a coach like McClellan, you just see that stupidity. And I'm glad he used that word stupidity. Yeah. Because that's, that's what we we all saw it tonight. It was just stupid mistake after stupid mistake. It's like, what are you supposed to do if you're a coach? I mean, I guess you maybe bench a player or two. That's, that's probably what I would love to see. I'd love to see him start utilizing a little bit more of his like utilize your timeout when you actually have it for sure. And give yourself a little bit more leeway when teams when things are slipping away. But I mean, at, at, for the most part, though, like there's only so much he can do, and he he he's not a raw raw guy. He's not going to be yelling at the guys. But I mean, this team kind of needs it right now, I and agree. I think yeah. I think Drew Dowdy was was the guy at this point, and he he said what needed to be said.
6: Yeah, definitely. It'd, it'd be cool to see some more leadership out of uh, Phil Deneau, I think um, he—I think he's a pretty quiet dude in the locker room. Uh, just based think, off like what you hear from Todd, uh, you know, he just says eight and eleven. I, you don't hear a lot of twenty-four.
2: Uh, I think I think Dano is, is flies under the radar with his leadership. Like I, like I said, it came to the forefront a little bit more last year because of his, his kind of connection with the uh, jersey, mm-hmm. and I mean, deno's a guy who's always going to leave it all in the ice. So. As far as like, I think he's kind of like maybe like a Kopitar, where he's not necessarily that rah-rah guy either. But you kind of just see that leadership kind of portrayed on the ice. And hey, but I mean, at this point, like how far can that take you, right? Like I think this team needs a little bit more of um, like getting your face and, and start like whipping some some ass, right? And I think Dowdy's Doughty, exactly. the type of guy who's going to do that. And he said it best himself too. He's like, I mean, we all know how Drew Dowdy is and how vocal he is as a, as a leader and a player on the ice and he he said himself it's like he he can only go so far when he's constantly yelling constantly talking like I'm sure that can get annoying if you're a guy but I mean that's what people need to hear at this point so it needs to come from everybody it needs to be a full team buy-in it can't just be the leaders that need to buy in I mean there's plenty of leaders on this team Adrian Kempe's been here long enough Matt Roy's been here long enough you have players that are on this team that have gone through it already and been through some of this rebuild and now you're entering contender status you have to realize like what you're losing right now you're losing an opportunity to win the stanley cup it doesn't come very often in anybody's lifetime let alone like like an nhl player when you get that chance so you're on a good team and if you're not buying into the structure and the team mentality then if i'm rob blake you got to go at this point or if i'm a you got to sit so that that's kind of i mean so as far as the The lack of that raw, raw leadership, I think it just needs to be from everybody on this team, not just one or two guys or the guys wearing the A's or the C.
6: Yeah, I think you want to see a guy like Trevor Lewis step a little bit, step up a little bit. You know, he's won two Cups. He's been through the Stanley Cup. You know, I think it'd be cool to see him get the guys going a little down there, too.
2: Yeah, yeah. Him. Um, who else? I mean, Trevor Moore is kind of entering that status. Uh, Gavrikov. He's been with the team a little the year now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, it's got to. Yeah, it's got to be everybody. Mikey Anderson too. So I mean, it's hard to single one or two guys out. Uh, I, I don't think. I don't think it's uh, necessarily like for, to speculate on who Drew Doughty's calling out. I don't. I didn't think it was Trevor Moore. I don't think it's Trevor Moore. I think he's more or less calling out a player, possibly like Fiala or Kempe. Just from what I saw tonight. Yeah, I, could, I, yeah could, I agree. I could be totally wrong, but just kind of from what I've seen. And, and that kind of fits the mold of, of, of Fiala or Kempe.
6: For sure. Well, appreciate you having me on.
2: Yeah, appreciate you, buddy. Have a good one. You too. Let's keep it rolling to. Oh, man, there's so many of you. I love it. Uh, let's go to Ty. Ty, Ty what's up, man? Oh, it looks like you're connecting. I'm going to keep it going to uh, – someone messaged me. Uh, let's go to Brandon. Ty, I see you're connecting. Hello. So... Oh, Ty. Ty, what's up, man? Brandon, I'll get to you next after Ty. That's cool. Yeah,
7: I'm actually a writer from Winnipeg. Um, So I'm kind of I, – I've like I like the Kings as well. And it's been kind of frustrating seeing what's kind of happening to your team. And I'm kind of wondering about – um, I guess Dubois and how he's looked in LA, I've seen some games and it's, I don't know if that's maybe getting on teammates' nerves and stuff. I know I've heard some stuff in the chat that he's been doing some good stuff down the center of the ice, but I've, I'm i seeing a lot of kind of what I saw in Winnipeg from him. And I think it's kind of welcome wore off with teammates here in town. So I'm wondering, how is that going in LA? Because, and the kind of the loss of um, Velarde and I follow, you know, they're two guys that have been doing really good once they got, uh, you know, over here to Winnipeg.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, we heard the stories, right? I mean, coming out of Winnipeg, coming out of Columbus, and we see those splashes of that same kind of uh, storyline, that nonchalance, the laziness. uh, It's it's there a bit, but I think – I mean, to be honest with you, I think overall he's been okay. I don't think he's been great. I don't think he's been too bad. We're at the point where he's been, like, losing games for this team. I think – I mean – a lot of people want to point the finger at him and, and McClellan with that quote that he had after the game last time. But this team, it, they're not losing games just because of P.L. Dubois not uh, performing or producing. They're, they're losing these games because it's the entire team that's uh, going through it right now. So, yeah, like, P.L. Dubois being paid as, as a to be an impact player, like McClellan said. But at this point, like, I, he even scored today. So I, I, maybe it was a little bit of a softie that Levi gave up. But even then, I think you could. St- we probably could see a little bit more out of him. But to pin a lot of the blame over what's been going on with this team of late, I think that's a little too much. For
7: sure, yeah. You can't obviously blame one player or really get get upset at one player's when it's the whole team's performance. But I'm kind of wondering now if if LA tries to do a pivot similar to what Edmonton did when they kind of hit rock bottom earlier earlier in the season, because you know a coaching change did turn things around for that team, and it's been known to give teams a boost and um, just. New ideas, new um, new ways of thinking can go a long way. So I don't I, – I I do like Todd McCullen, but I think that, um, you know, you, you might see a change around the all-star break for sure um, with the new coach. I don't know. Like it sounds like he, he even agrees that his, he has a little bit of a, you know, job security issues right now.
2: No, 100%. I mean, that's, that's the part of the business, right? Results-based <sighs> business. And I, I don't know which coach said it, but it's like you can't trade the entire team Uh, And unfortunately, in this business, when we see a team go through it, like we've seen a couple times throughout teams in the NHL, they make the change of head coach. And sometimes, like you just said, too, like you just need a new voice in the locker room because the message isn't getting across. And, I I mean, personally, I think we've reached that point. I think we've reached the point where, for some reason, I I love McClellan as a coach. I think he does a great job in terms of uh, really kind of being transparent and talking about, like, just kind of to us as the media and to the fans about what's really going on with this team. I mean, if you really, if you really want to understand what's going on with the Kings, I mean, just watch any of one of McCollin's availabilities. He'll tell you straight up. He's not going to paint. He's not going to beat around the bush. He's going to paint the picture out how, what he's seeing and tell the media and tell the fans. So that's, but that's that's the unfortunate part is is when you're going through a slide like this, you have two wins in 14 games. Absolutely sometimes it changes for
7: sure and one more point is just on goaltending with um earlier in the season Cam Talbot was kind of putting you know the team on his back not putting the team on his back but putting up incredible numbers and becoming an all-star and all these things and then you know his play like his numbers have dipped quite a bit to the point where you have David Riddick who kind of wasn't very good in Winnipeg last year (laughs) um um and you know Copley as well what like wasn't making saves early in the year like Talbot really kind of Went on quite the run, and I'm kind of wondering how much the Talbot kind of masked, you know, LA's problems, you know, earlier in the season. And That's kind of now catching up with them now that he's not putting up like in the numbers as we get into kind of the, you know, the dog days of the season.
2: Well, I thought I thought Talbot was playing really well. Um, I think his numbers were pretty, were quite inflated by the team's overall defense. Uh, the team, I mean, analytically, they were probably one of the best teams, and I think probably even still could be one of the best teams in terms of expected goals against during five-on-five play. So when you're able to limit a lot of the high danger chances that the Kings do, uh, that's going to help the goaltender see a lot of pucks and see a lot of those outside chances. But I'm starting to wonder if maybe this kind of lack of uh, consistent play from Talbot has maybe hurt him a little bit. Because today this was his worst game of the season. Like it wasn't even close. Some of the goals, as much as you want to say Paterk was, was a real nice shot, I, I I don't know. I feel like that's something he could have had. I mean, Cousins shot going up the middle in the high slot. That's definitely something I felt like he should have had. So, like, I just wonder if maybe that lack of inconsistent starts when he was just pretty much starting every game from the, for the team has now hurt him. Because now, And now it's gotten to the point where if Riddick doesn't pull through and Cam Talbot doesn't figure it out, man, this team is in a world of hurt.
7: For sure, and obviously goaltending um, has been a big thing in L.A. in the last couple of years and trying to find that good, you know, that solid, you know, number one goaltender that can kind of carry you guys through, you know, the season and the playoffs. Um, and obviously, you know, whoever, like, past goalies, Corpusalo, haven't been the answer. So, I like, I really hope that, you know, I, I don't think it's Tam Calvert either in the long term, obviously, with his age. But I really hope, you know, <laughs> L.A. can come up with, um, you know, a top goaltender So there's not a ton of them in the league. But, you know, if you can nab one, it kind of can mask, you know, a lot of your team's problems as you know hellbuck's done here in winnipeg for many years
2: yeah that'll be something to watch to see what rob blake does over the summer if if, if blake's still around uh over the summer after the season but ty i appreciate you yeah thanks
7: that. again yeah have a great night guys and enjoy the join the spaces here
2: thanks man uh let's go back brandon i think you're still a speaker
8: yeah hey russ i'm here
2: what's up Brandon? I, how are you doing, i'm man? good
8: man I, i'd ask you how you're going but i mean i think it's kind of obvious how we're all going um
2: <laughs> yeah i think i think it's we're all going through it at this. Point. yeah
8: i mean i think what you said at the start was so true man like the tickets are expensive the parking's expensive the traffic sucks i don't live close to the rink like the ride home sucks and like this shit ruins my mood like no other like this team losing just especially like that just ruins everything like the mood is so down
2: no, 100%. I think this and I, I don't ever really I rarely leave my seat at the end of the game. I left it with like a minute left to go down to the locker room and get ready for the the post game because I like I just knew that there's there's no way they're going to come back in this. You don't see any fight. The fans, this was the loudest I've heard boos from the fans throughout this entire season because that third period was just awful. I'm sitting next to a guy who who who's actually covering for another writer who's not too familiar with the the team. And he looked at me and he's like, "Man, they look just awful." And I'm like, "Yeah, this is the worst performance I've seen from this team in a long time." So to have that kind of performance in front of the fans that are spending all that money, like you just mentioned, it's pitiful. It's pitiful. I'd be, I'd be absolutely pissed.
8: Yeah, I mean the the fifth goal. This team uh, right now, this team's not coming back. Like five three, this team's not yeah. coming back at that point. Like there's zero energy. There's no effort. Like Fiala played terrible tonight. Looked absolutely awful, every bit like. All the turnovers, everything looked terrible.
2: Yeah, by far his worst game. I mean, that's like I said. I think that's might have been one of the players that Doughty's calling out. He's not going to mention by name, but we're yeah. speculating here. But I think we can all guess that could be one.
8: Yeah, him, Mark Kempe. Yeah, I think what you were saying was was right. I don't know about more, but yeah, probably one of one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just I don't understand. The vibes are so down. Like we need to. We need another Australia trip or something because the vibes were so high <laughs> at the start. I don't understand like what's right. the pivot? I don't understand how yeah. how we oh, pivoted man. so I mean,
2: hard. You think about like the, the uh, I, I just like all the fun that we were having when when Quentin Byfield and Adrian Kempe are doing the the FIFA celebration. It's like yeah, man, we were we were on fucking cloud nine at that point, and now we're just living in, we're walking through the gates of hell right now. It's horrible. Yeah, I
8: mean, like I said, this shit ruins my mood like but, like no other thing can. Like, it just yeah. goes from zero to – or 100 to zero super quick. Like, I don't get it. And just yeah. – I don't see where this team could go from here. I mean, you fire the coach and, yeah, and Victor Iverson comes back. But, like, he's not the saving grace. He's not going to be scoring 10 goals a game. Like, where do we go, you know?
2: Exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's just uh, – confidence is shaking. It's probably at an all-time low for this team. Yeah it's rough rough man but brandon i appreciate you hopping on here man
8: yeah thanks man have a good night
2: you too uh let's go to uh pv i see i see you with all the emojis bro like what do you got what do you got you you want the speaker you want the mic let's let's see what you got man oh shoot
9: hey um yeah no (laughs) i
2: I was just agreeing with him i was putting the
9: hundreds up oh okay okay, yeah but um yeah, all right. That took me by surprise. I think I lagged a little bit. Okay, uh, Sorry. no, you're good. That's all right. I enjoy this. Um, well, like I said um, last spaces, uh, I was at this game, and I was sitting next to the Royal Army, waving the flags and everything. And okay, I you know the energy died in the stadium after that fifth mm-hmm. goal. Like, oh my God, it was just. You know, I love you know Mikey and stuff, but he's like, let's get some Noise Kings fans and everyone. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was just yeah, they do
2: the the fight or you got a party. Beastie Boys. That was sad. Was like, oh,
9: that was sad, yeah. and I know they do it every game. And it sucks because Mikey they do a great they job do that. they that's, do that's, that's so they do, but when you lose like that, it's so disappointing. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um. Again, like you said, Talbot needed to make some saves and, and he he did, but like that fifth goal was really the dagger. You know, I don't think anyone was in front of him from my recollection. But
2: No, that's I think I think he he probably he'd probably tell you that he should have that one. I think he should have as yeah. well.
9: Um and you can go on and on. I remember there was this one play, I think it was in the third period, where Moore's skating up the ice and he just gets stripped of the puck and it was it looked almost too easy and I know I'm not being paid a you know multi-million dollars a year to play pro hockey but it just seemed like uh, I don't know the the energy from the crowd wasn't there as a result of the the energy on the, the ice not being there mm-hmm. and- I mean
2: that's a- after the first period, I felt like even even toward the end of the first period, like when, when they had the three one lead, I didn't. That momentum didn't really carry on. You didn't see them really try to go go all out for that fourth goal. It just felt like they just settled and then lost their whole game when Buffalo just turned it on them.
9: Yeah, yeah,
2: but I mean,
9: it. That's that <laughs> exactly that. I was right? that's the exact like type of thing that everyone was feeling you know you're in the bathroom line after the game and and babies are crying like it <laughs> that that sums it up i mean yeah, you know and, and yeah. the dad's like it's okay like it's gonna be fine and and the kids are crying and that's how you know that the team's in deep shit <laughs> yeah
2: man. yeah we're uh, they're in it they're in the deep suit right now that's for sure yeah
9: uh, man i'm just trying to light the mood but Seriously, I mean, I don't like you say, like you've been saying, and honestly, what like my dad's been saying, it's it's the it's just it's not Todd's fault completely, it is what he's been given. You know, you can only do so much when your depth has been traded, you can only do so much when you're cap strapped. You know, unless you want to trade a really big name, a core piece to this roster, the ones that are making the big money, you can't really do much. Right? Yep. If we would make any moves, there are likely gonna be some depth pieces. That yeah. are they really gonna move the needle, right? Like Dowdy said, it has to come from inside the room. It really does. And if and if Blake, which I don't think he does feel this way based on his recent comments thinks that the way to move the needle is to fire the coach, then he's gonna do that. But I I don't see that happening. I don't see I mean
2: happening. it'd be a surprise after what we heard from Blake the other day, but it's gotten something like what was his quote? He said he's waiting for the leadership to pull them out of this. and I don't know if he kind of clarified saying it's the players and management and what, how many games ago was that? Three, four games ago. And they haven't pulled themselves out of it. And you can't continue. We're not going to hear from Blake again. till probably after the deadline, which not that, what, like the March 9th, I could be wrong, but that's still a ways away. We're still a ways away from that. And if you're not going to come out and get in front of it and talk about, like you can't continue to lean on that voice, that message that you had, a couple of like last week or so yeah. there's got to be a change. You you can't continue to have this because if this continues and you haven't made a big change, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to start, I, I won't start blaming fans if they don't want to come to the building anymore at yeah, this point.
9: For sure. And you know, I've been to six games this year, I think, uh, one in Anaheim and that's the one we won. And then we, was well, that the the 27th game when we beat the sharks and the rest have just been tough watches. And Mm -hmm. and yeah i won't lie it's it's starting to be like should i buy these tickets because i don't know if we're gonna win at home you know (laughs) you gotta you gotta put out a product that people are gonna want to see at the ice and the booze were loud at the loud they were loud i don't could you hear that from i know you said you left early could you hear that from from the back room
2: deservedly so deservedly so i walk i've walked down the hallway to go from uh, my seat to the elevator and it's kind of back further a little bit and yeah i could clearly hear the booze. i heard the horn go, go off and just fans yeah they deserved it deserved it so it, i don't blame yeah him.
9: they were loud
2: pb yeah. i appreciate you hopping on here buddy i'm gonna get to the next person yeah please do you have a good night thanks man have a good one let's go to royalty reigns he said his mic is working where are you at there you are all right here you go royalty reigns your speaker is your mic working i can hear it yeah, uh, hey,
0: sorry about that. I was just leaving work. I, I actually wasn't expecting to be like one of the first speakers, so I do apologize about that. <laughs>
2: You're good, yeah.
0: man. Um. On? Well, the first thing I want to say is like it was a great first period. We scored two two yep. fifty five into the first. When was the last time? Honestly, I can't remember. We jumped out, had great pace, and we scored first. And then when they responded, we responded back, and then. You know, of all the people, like, people have been mixed emotions about with PLD, he ends up scoring. It was probably the best period of hockey I think I have seen in the past, like, 14 games. And then as what Drew Dice said, oh, they think it's a cookie. And we end up blowing it. And I don't know if, like, the Kings are just overlooking these two opponents because they're at the bottom of the barrel. I know that's a factor in every professional sport, but how can you not close out and finish the game? And I watched some of it between my breaks and on lunch. Where's the physicality? Like, it seems like I I understand we have to score goals if we want to win, but if you're not taking that man to create chances, nothing's going to happen. And, I get, like, we don't always have, like, the big physical guys, but these guys are professionally trained to take hits and make hits. And it feels like I'm seeing England and Byfield being the physical ones a lot.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too, is, like, like, I I thought – I think Dowdy kind of mentioned that, too, is people are thinking too much about their points, and and that was part of the thing he was mentioning is, like, they're not checking hard enough or even just kind of playing the man or – Sticking to the structure, playing smart, they're worried about those points. And like you said, like yeah, if you're not gonna score, at least show a little bit of physicality, at least at least show a little bit of intensity. And and the fact that they're might be playing down to these opponents, I sure as fuck hope not. They're not doing that. Like, because when you're you have two wins in the last what eleven games coming in these last couple of games, and you're playing down and you're thinking about playing down to the San Jose Sharks or Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> Look what's going to happen. Those play, those teams will take advantage of it right away, and they They have these last two games. Another so topic. You got. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Go, no. You go ahead.
0: Man. Another topic. Yeah. With goaltending, like honestly, Rig has been he's been pretty good. I'm gonna say over the past few games. But I'm not. I'm gonna say this. Ever since Cam Talbot, you know, he's playing like out of his mind, and when he got that All Star nod, he's literally like, "All right, I'm about to head out." He's literally like that SpongeBob meme. He has not been the same since he got that nod. He's had some, like yeah, he's made some good saves, but it's kind of a little lackluster. And on that fifth goal, that wrist shot from the blue line, there's no one in front of him. I'm like, what was that?
2: It's got to. He's got to have. He's
0: got to have. Like, I know some goals you can't always stop deflections or whatever, but just a wrist shot from the blue line, like. That should just be like, an, like a pop fly. And he just lets it go in. And then mm-hmm. I remember a few speakers ago, you were talking about how, like, with all these um, trades you make, like, you know, Derzy and um, I follow and um, Vlardy. One of the things I think is, like, what we maybe didn't see is like, they gelled together. They were like unison, one team. So even if they weren't always producing, or you we weren't always winning, that team was together. And like you said, yeah. like you know, they did yoga on the ice, they jersey brought coffee, like it was the little things that brings the team together. And once you take that away, yeah, what's left? And another thing you can't teach is passion. But it's just this team, you no, know, like I sorry, but ever I'm gonna say, ever since that Islanders game that we lost to. It feels like downhill. we've been exposed. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I understand it's at the end of a long road trip. You can't win them all. But ever since we came back home, it's like we're figured out. But we're not changing anything. Todd's is just throwing our lines in the blender. I understand there's only so much you can do. But it feels like... I don't know if you know this... Youtuber called Urinating Tree, he makes shit posting videos all the time, and he made one about us about how we just go on the ice, click our blood paychecks, and walk off. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna lie, ever since the Islanders game, it just feels like they're skating out there to do enough to get their paycheck, or at least a lot of the top guys are, because, what's my what called Remember, I remember how you told me about, like those Dowdy bombs that are going in. We shouldn't yeah. have to like be a last resort yes. to that. Yeah, it just yeah, feels bro, like.
2: I, I appreciate it, but I mean, like I said, I'm gonna try to get to as many people. Uh, as I'm gonna cut some people off, but I, I, I love you hopping on here. But I totally, I totally understand everything <laughs> you're saying. But I, I don't know if they're just like collecting a paycheck, but it certainly, it certainly seems that way, right? It's, ever since the Islanders game, I feel like yeah, that's the game that everybody's pointing to is that Anders Lee game. So I mean, awesome. yeah. Yeah, there's, there's. I I was a big fan of that PLD trade. I I think maybe we're kind of, or myself, I'm just going to point to myself, is maybe I kind of overlooked is when you have a team that's cohesive and that has gone through a lot of the frustrations and I guess disappointment of, of losing to the Edmonton Oilers, I mean, you would think that maybe that team would maybe come together and get closer and more unified and say, okay, well, we're, we're building something here. And, and, yeah, it's been rough the last couple of years, but we know we can get through this. And, and maybe we kind of lost that a little bit. I think the team is better on the ice uh, than what – I obviously think they're better on the ice than what they're thinking or what they're playing like lately. And yes. I think the team has been better as better in terms of talent than they are the last few years. Yeah, But, yeah, you're, you're totally right. I feel like they're missing a little bit of that unification, that that cohesiveness that we saw last few years. But – Quick Rose, thing. I appreci- oh. I yeah, want to say,
0: I'm one thing I am noticing, despite the slide, our King's are showing up more. It looks like we're selling out more during the week than I saw last season, even when yeah. we were winning more. And like other speakers said, we're not putting out a good product, but even with the expensive tickets and the bad weather, we're showing up. So that's all I wanted to say. Thank you for taking me again. And I hope uh you know the rest of your space goes well.
2: I appreciate it, buddy. You have a good night. You too. Uh that's the thing, man. I mean Kings fans are we're we're the most passionate out there. We're we're never gonna waver. We're uh what's that like Shia LaBeouf meme where it's like this we're in this now. Like we're we're part of this. Like this is this is us. We're we're all here. We're all part of this. Um I saw a couple people that I hadn't seen before, but uh oh. Colin. Call. What's up? What's up, buddy? What do you got in your mind?
1: Hey, Russ. So. I know
2: you're. I know. I know you're gonna bring some heat. So lay it on me. No. <laughs> I'm
1: just. Uh, I'm
2: just,
1: just. I'm just numb. Okay. Uh, I've. i been... That's
2: how. That's how I was after the Sharks game.
1: I've. I've just gone into this stage where I just like pre numb myself. Like I. I've been prepared for this since. Since beginning of December. Like I felt like in some people on King Squitter saw the signs. Where things were falling apart. Like, I just felt like I never saw them beat a good team the entire beginning of the season. Like, they, they lost to Boston early on. They lost to Vegas. They weren't, they lost to New York in convincing fashion. They lost to the Islanders, who were even a decent team. Like, all those streaks were all those, you know, all the bottom feeding Canadian teams in November and December, who, and then we were just like all focused on the, the numb, just the number of the winning streak at the beginning with yeah. the pro trip, that no one cared that we were just not winning against the, those top five, six teams in the league. We lost to the Jets. Like, when Velarde came back, we lost to Edmonton the first time we met them. Like, even though Edmonton back then was still was pretty far away from us, we knew Edmonton was going to be back. Anyone who was paying attention knew Edmonton was going to be back because they looked at analytics and saw how much they were yeah. they were underperforming their stats. So it's just, it's, it's frustrating when... You're just, you're, it's, you see it coming and you try to mention things about the Kings showing signs and people are like, you know, like, I was like, oh my God, you like, you need to appreciate how good they're doing. But that, that just never meant anything to me because I don't care what they do until it's game 83. Like nothing they do in the regular season matters to me anymore because I, in my entire time as a fan for the last decade, I have not seen them win around. So I do not care what they do during the regular season. I have never cared in the last 5 years what they do in the regular season.
2: Well, we should start caring about what they do in the regular season now.
1: I mean, but it but it's just like it, it just further confirms like, oh, they're not going to win around. So I'll see you next year. Like if I think they're going to win around, then I'll get excited again, but if they're not if they're going to have to fight to make the playoffs, like why am I getting my hopes up to win around? Like if
2: I mean we, we I mean back to the, We've gone through – I mean, Kings fans have gone through this before back in 2012. They fought tooth and nail just to make become a playoff team, and we saw what happened there. I mean, but at this point, like, if you're struggling uh, – if this team is struggling like they're struggling right now just to clinch a playoff spot, like, I'll push back a little bit because I thought early in the season, like, yeah, sure, they weren't beating a lot of the good good teams, but even when they were beating the bad teams, they they're really beating those bad teams. And a lot of the analytics, like, even when they were – even when they were losing those, those good teams, I thought they were still really involved in those games, but now it's like gotten to the point where like they're not even beating bad teams at right now. So, I mean, yeah, you could say that at the beginning of the part, but I, I agree with your assessment saying that at the middle of December is when we really started to see this turnaround. Cause I feel like that's when it really started. I, I
1: I agree with what you're saying. Like, obviously, we, I don't want to say that we were a bad team when we were barely losing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I don't want to be misconstrued that I ever thought the Kings are a bad team. I still don't think they're a bad team. I think they are underperforming what they should be. Like, their shooting percentage is way under. Like, they're still getting good analytics on their chances. It's just, obviously, I don't believe they're a bad team. Like, there's something mental going on. It's just be- mm-hmm. it's But it's so hard to just say that I was like oh I just want the mental to be better because I'm not looking to progress towards something into next season like it just feels like I'm a fan of the 2017 capitals where we're just stuck in this rut of being average yeah and it's
2: yeah it definitely looks like an average team right it now. just it just feels like it's I'm kind of
1: out there I it's just waiting that I'm just like I was like oh I've already seen them make the play like ever since 2022 like that season we're like oh my god the Kings are back in the playoff I haven't been excited for regular season results since that season because once they make it, I'm like, oh, okay, now I want them to win a round. And I'm just like, if I see them fall short of where they were last season, I just find it really hard to want to, like, nitpick all these issues. I'm just like, like, I just need them to, like, I just need them to show me that they want to be better than making the playoffs. Because they say they want to beat the round and be a cup contender, but I don't see the effort of a team that wants to be better. And I feel really bad. Like, I've been wrong about so many things the last year. Like, I feel so wrong about how I treated Dursey over the years. He brought, you know, a, like a, an, what do what do I want to, what's the word? Intangible aspect to the team that I didn't appreciate enough. Yeah. That you were saying, like, the vibes of Dursey. He was just there every game making everybody smile. And it just feels like Dubois, even though he's not hurting the team with his play, he's just, he's obviously not playing up to par and he's not, hurting the team with his play, but I it, it feel like it just disturbed that bond they had of losing to the Oilers. Like Gabe Velarde and Dersey and Ayafala all had that bond of, where, like, I we mm-hmm. need to get past the Oilers. And once you take them out, it feels like, oh, we're a new team that's not building off of last yeah. season. It feels like they're starting, they, they took this lateral shift that they weren't prepared for, where the vibe of the team is just different. And they became, yeah, yeah, they
2: have to go through, experience that kind of struggle again, all together again.
1: Yeah, like a brand. it feels like they're starting over in 2021 again. Like, that beginning of that season, it feels like the Dubois with a lateral shift, and they're like, oh, now we're not this gritty, grinding team anymore. We're this, you know, team that's looking at all these flashy players we have all of a sudden. And they haven't been a team with this many, you know, star-studded names in a while, where they just have these names that don't mean anything without points. But they used to be the team that had all these, you know, misfits that would just bond together to make a good team. And now it's like they don't know how to deal with having skilled players, and they they don't know how to place them. And that's like a coaching thing. And Todd got used to playing with gritty grinders, and this team isn't gritty grinders. They're skillful, and they need to learn how to combine the two in a way that's good and helpful, and they haven't figured it out. And that's thing. Yeah, that's the
2: thing, too, is if you want to have a structure in place and have these players play to their system, I mean, you have to make sure you're getting that message across. And right now, we're not seeing that message get across because we're seeing players just play outside their norm. And, yeah, it's may, maybe it's more the skilled players that like to like do whatever they want. And I've kind of been one that's always like, yeah, let the skilled players do what they do. Like, let Brent Clark be Brent Clark. Let Kevin Fiala be Kevin Fiala. That's great. That's what you brought them in to do. That's what you brought them in here to do. But when you're losing games and you're kind of preaching structure, structure, defense, defense, and it, it's that message isn't going to get across a hundred percent of the time to those players. So you have to figure out a way to maybe send out like a, send a different message. I, I don't know, like do something different with these players or it's just, you got to start benching or even start healthy scratching some, some guys because, at this point, if you're going to continue this slide and you're not going to make any drastic changes or make any drastic moves, then it's going to continue. It's going to continue like this.
1: Like this team went from, you know, the identity of Todd tried to make everyone into an eye of follow. Like he, every new player is like, OK, you're yeah, you're going yeah, to look yeah. at eye of follow. You're going to be him. And that worked, but they got the, the wall they hit was the more skillful Oilers. So, what they did is like, oh, let's try to be the Oilers and try to go top heavy with the Dubois, the big name, the 60 point scorer who's at his career peak. It's like, oh my God, we got to get all this skill to match the Oilers because that's who we need to beat. And then they lost. It's like, oh, but you forgot, we still need some Aya Follows. And they all went the Dubois Fiala route instead of the Aya Follow. You know, like uh, I IFL Lasat route where they lost. You know, they lost that gritty identity, and it's. I hate to be the you know the boomer you know grit you know defenseman's championship, <laughs> sort of but it's just it, yeah,
0: it, you, They you, do boomer.
1: They do need a little bit of it, and they don't have any of it, and it's just I, it's gone.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think they have a little bit of it. I mean, you look at like Kopitar is obviously still here. Geno's that two hundred foot player. Uh, Trevor Moore, I feel like, could be a, a pretty solid 200-foot player. And, I mean, even on defense, too. I mean, you have, like, Brant Clark and George Spence are really the only flashy kind of players that you have on defense are going to bring some actual skill. I mean, Mikey Anderson, Gabrikoff, Matt Roy, Andreas Englund, I mean, even maybe Dowdy. They they don't scream flashy type of defense. They're, they're not the Kale McCars or the Rasmus Dahlins of the world. I mean, those, those are few and far between. But even then, so – like you have those players that are gonna to play tough defensively. And that's what we heard from Rob Blake, that like they're gonna win games by playing good defense. And when that isn't getting done, and that, that it's gonna the holes are gonna start be more a little bit more glaring in that aspect. But Colin, like always, buddy, I appreciate you hopping on here, man.
1: All right, see ya, thanks.
2: See ya, have a good one. Let's go to uh Brian. Brian Flores, what's up Brian Flores?
0: How you doing, buddy? But I was kind of I was kind of uh
10: delayed. Dude, I don't know why my spaces was like three minutes behind calling was still talking on my end. Like holy. Um <laughs>
2: It's all good. We got you now. Yeah. You
10: Thanks, doing? Elon. No problem. Um I'm well, as good as pretty much anybody else, I'm I'm guessing right now. Um I just kinda wanted to I don't know, come to bat for the Kings just a little bit. Uh especially okay. um after that last I think we need that. After that last um uh uh speaker. Like I love Colin man. Like he's a he's a really good um he's a really good insight, but I feel like there's a couple of things that I kinda disagreed with him on and that's one the early warning signs he was talking about, how the Kings never beat, you know, a good team. I kinda beg to differ. Um I mean, remember, we beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. They also beat the Vegas Golden Knights four to one at one point. I know it seems like years ago, no, but that was that was just a couple months ago. Um
2: Yeah. But I think there were like there there's an there's an argument to be made both sides there. I, I understand where Colin's from coming from because there were a few games at the beginning of the season. I think it was more or less the Kings are kind of just figuring out their ways. I mean, it was the Hurley, hurricanes, the the avalanche, the Bruins? There were some teams there that they probably should have the games that they should have went uh, won against those good teams. But I think there were other games where they did beat some good teams, but I definitely see the argument both sides.
10: Yeah. And I definitely see where Colin was coming from, especially when it came to um, the one that I remember was the shootout loss against Vegas. But even then it was a spirited battle. Yeah, I feel like the thing that um, Colin was kind of alluding to, and I think pretty much it's an underlying factor here with, all of the kings right now, especially when it comes to like the common denominator we have between like the boomer fans and the and the new age fans, is that the grit that we're looking for is the kind of fight. And I feel like you coined it best. Once they scored the fifth goal, it was done. Like there was no fight left in this team. And I feel like that's the main thing that's the problem. All right. So I'm gonna go back and this is this is me like, you know, taking a break from the Rob Blake you know, train that I definitely do believe he deserves. Um just taking a look at Todd McClellan and his history. So, you know, before I was a Kings fan, I was a Sharks fan. So I got to see Todd McClellan a lot more, you know, as a, a Sharks fan.
4: Dude.
10: Way back, Came back to the good side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well I can my my, my, my my dad gave me an ultimatum either move out as a nine-year-old or become a Kings fan. I'm kidding. Um, smart. smart. <laughs> he, Todd McClellan, especially back then, he had a lot of good pieces to work with. Back then, he had um, uh, Devin Sedacrucci. Oh, yeah. He had uh, Joe Pavelski, uh, Ryan Klo, all that. And all those strikers. And, you know, not to mention Marlowe, Thornton, all the, all the guys that we know and hate as Kings fans. The thing is, is that he had all these guys cemented. And there's a reason why Todd McClellan won a president's trophy as well as numerous division titles. It's because of the smothering style of hockey he forces his team to play. Unfortunately, that's not the way the Kings are built right now. They're built completely Mm -hmm. different than what Todd McClellan's used to coaching. And the thing is, is with Todd, right? He had it. he, He had it. He found the median in the beginning of the season. That's what we were seeing. That was the success. But the thing is, once Todd has a game, and I like going all the way back to 2009, once he has that one game that gets him to tuck his tail between his legs, he cannot, for the life of him, out-coach himself. He cannot get himself out of that rut. And I feel like we're seeing history repeat itself again in, here with the Kings. So my thing is either he needs to get a talking to, he, and I I know this is going to sound, you know, asinine, but he needs to have the mental change, the the shakeup, if you will, or the Kings need to find someone who will. And I feel like right now the Kings, like you said, odds are we do not move on from Todd McLellan, at least for the rest of this year we're going to have to wait till the off season. I don't, I do not see a mid season firing, although I wouldn't be surprised because this is kind of reminding me of 2012 a little bit when the Kings were on their like horrific losing streak. But yeah, just digressing from that, I feel like Todd just needs to find a way to get himself out of that funk and get out of his own way. He has the key. He has the tools. Like, I know that the chemistry was messed with a little bit, and I, 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 I appreciate that, especially, you know, coming from the junior hockey world. Chemistry is real. Anybody who thinks that it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't exist, you need to be involved in the locker room to see it does exist. But the thing is, is that it's Todd's job with these group of guys to help form that chemistry and to keep that chemistry going. Again, he found it in the beginning of the season. But somewhere along the way, he lost it, and he just can't regain it again.
2: He's always been a coach that doesn't – I mean, it seems like – I haven't really followed McClellan too much of his career, but it seems like he's always been a coach who kind of wants the, the players to kind of play themselves out of the whatever rut that they're in. And he, he's not one to make any huge adjustments. And we've seen that, I mean, a few times during his tenure here, right? And even – I mean, it's been more specifically, this season. And he mentioned that he got to the point where, yeah, I just want to see the players play themselves out of it. So he was, he was the first person to, to say that. But at this point, like, I mean, man, like some of the lineups and some of the changes and some of the like decision-making from him, him, he has to look himself in the mirror and say like, what, what else can I do? Can, and I would think like, yeah, maybe shake some things up, bench some players if they're not performing well, or if they're, if they're uh, getting, you're not getting the, the most out of them. Like, like I would have loved to see. Like, if you really want to send a message to Dubois, don't send it to him after the game. Bench him, bench him. Yeah. And I'm not even going to say it's because of du- like I'm single out Dubois, but I'm just saying everybody. Like at this point, like the fourth line is just a complete black hole. You're getting nothing from those players. Anything offensively, and and the the, the constant decision making to take Jordan Spence out of the lineup. And, like I mentioned, like trade speculation because that's the only real logical explanation I can say at that point, because everything points to Jordan Spence being one of the best defenders on this team. And for some reason they want to keep taking him out for Brent Clark, which I get you want to develop Brent Clark, but he should not be the one that's, that's taking that ball. Yeah. He, and he can't save him,
10: the yeah. franchise at that, at, at this level, like especially with him just coming up to the end, like he needs to have time to develop and marinate in his juices a little bit. And, you yeah. know, just to kind of like, um um add to your point, what happened when dude and we're gonna circle back to the Jets because they're the ones that made fun of it. made fun of the Sharks because of this. What happened after they choked that 3 0 lead? They stripped Thornton of his captaincy and the first yeah. game, well I think the first week of the season, they go up to Winnipeg and they start chanting, you know, who's your captain? It's like the thing is, is that you can't uh, it it can't be a you know after the game oh you know you should have done better you know it's kind of like it's kind of like me studying for a test after i failed it you know it's like like you said you need to sit these guys down you need to lay out the law and i feel like right now this all-star break is coming at the perfect time for the kings and it seems like you know
2: yeah
10: (laughs) To, to to um get back to what Colin said you know he had, a lot of Kings fans haven't cared about you know the regular season for a long time because again with a lack of success at least when it comes to the beginning of the season now you know harken back to 2012 2014 this is pretty much the time of year where Kings fans are in the and we're us- usually used to being at the edge of our seats Sorry, I'm like freezing in my room right now um, we're at the edge of our seats. You know what's gonna happen. What's management gonna? Mm-hmm. So I feel like this yep. this All Star break's coming at a perfect time. It'll give Rob Blake, Todd McClellan, Kopitar, and all the people who they think are the problem. And I'm not calling Kopitar a problem. I'm just saying because he's a leader, like Kopitar, Doughty. You know, all them a chance to sit down with the people who they think are you know adding to the King's woes and say, listen. What do you guys need? Like, what can we do to mitigate this? What can we do to help, you know, further this team along? Because no one wants to see this team lose. No one on that roster wants to see the team lose. You know, I know, again, a uh, uh, controversial figure, Pierre, uh, Pierre-Luc Pierre Dubois, you know, he doesn't want to see the Kings lose either. He said so himself. You know, it's just, they need to open up that bridge of communication. And I feel like, a lot of the problems that management was kind of side-skirting and and, um, avoiding for the most part in the beginning part of the season because of the inflated numbers and wins, now they're forced to look it dead in the eye and say, all right, there's the elephant in the room. What are we going to do about it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Brian, I appreciate you hopping on here, buddy. But I I hope that those hash-out meetings have happened already. If not, that they need to have, I don't think it needs to be a meeting with everybody or just, like, the single players that they think are the problem. It needs to be, like, put the – the block the, the door with the garbage cans type of thing, like, players, like, everybody just hashed out amongst everybody because people need to start calling each other out. I think Dowdy's kind of started it tonight, um, and I wonder if it happens probably either tomorrow at practice or, or the next game or whatever. But, yeah, that's probably what needs to happen. But, Brian, like, always appreciate you hopping on here, man. I hope you have a good one.
10: You too, Russ. Take care.
2: All right, guys. It's past midnight. I'm sitting here in my car in the parking garage. I can go on probably another hour or so with you guys because I'm sure we all need it. But I'm going to head home here. Uh, I think we're going to do a live show on our YouTube tomorrow with the uh, Hockey royalty guys with Brandon and Joe. So keep an eye out for that so we can continue this uh, this discussion because, damn, the team that we love, they are going through it. Don't see any uh, light at the end of the tunnel once again, but this is what we're here. This is what we signed up for, so hopefully they can uh, turn things around and be that team that we saw at the beginning of the part of the season. For now, I'm going to sign off. Good night, everybody.